Hi, I'm Thomas. Welcome to the Parachute Advice Podcast. My life has taken a lot of twists and turns, and on this podcast, I will dive into those experiences. The goal is to help everyone listening learn from my experiences and hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I've made. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Parachute Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas. Over the last few episodes of the podcast, I've mentioned repeatedly that at times my lifestyle was frankly out of control. Heavy partying, drinking, eating to excess, and just doing dumb shit. Well, today I thought I'd share a couple of those stories. Some of these are going to be funny, some terrifying. I've decided today I'm going to focus on three separate New Year's Eves. For my group of friends and I, New Year's Eve was always a big event. Why? Because it was easy to find an all-you-can-drink event. And frankly, we love the all-you-can-drink events. So like I said, I picked these stories as just some examples of just how out of control things were. As I mentioned in the very first episode, the intro to the podcast, some of these stories would be funny and some would be downright terrifying. Well, today we're going to cover some of those. From the time I got pulled over for doing nearly 100 miles an hour on my truck to get to a New Year's Eve party on time, to the time, I guess technically on New Year's Day, I nearly died. Let's start with the first one. It was New Year's Eve of the millennium. For those of you who weren't around for the millennium, it was a big deal. Not just the fact that we were going from 1999 to 2000, but there was this little thing called Y2K. Everyone was convinced and concerned that the minute the clock struck midnight, everything with a computer was going to stop working due to a programming issue they had not planned for with the switch from it being 1999 to 2000. So this was a big event. Parties galore. The perk was I had just turned 21 two months earlier. So among my group of friends, I was the only one who was 21 and could buy booze. And buy booze I did. I made sure I had plenty to take to the party. A friend of mine was hosting it at his parents' house who were out of town. And most of our friends from college and high school were going to be there. Most of them ranged in age from 18 to 20. Except for me, I was 21 and I was bringing all the booze. I had to work that night at the restaurant. So as expected, it was busy. I got out of there at about 11 p.m. I lived really close to the restaurant. At the time, I was living at home with my mom to save some money while going to college. So I rushed home, showered, changed, packed my car. I had to go the equivalent of 30 minutes distance in 25 minutes to make sure I got to the party in time to celebrate the millennium with all of my friends. As I was rushing out the door, my mom looked at me and said, be careful, make sure you don't get pulled over. I should have listened to her, but nope. I was on a mission. I was the guy bringing all the alcohol, and I had to be there before midnight. So there I went, racing down the highway in my truck. I drove, at the time, the sweetest truck. It was a 1996 Ford Bronco full-size, Eddie Bauer edition. I love that truck. It was amazing. As I'm racing along, I wasn't worried. I had a radar detector, so I figured it would let me know if there were any cops ahead. The road was empty because it was basically midnight, and everyone was at their parties. As I flew down a dark interstate, my radar detector went off. The minute it went off, I looked over to see I had just passed a state trooper. I was going so fast downhill that my radar detector went off as I passed the state trooper, not ahead of time. I paused. I looked around. Obviously, I was the only car on the road. I figured if he pulled out, he was pulling me over. If he didn't pull out, I had won. Sure enough, he pulled out. So I immediately pulled over. I pulled over so fast he didn't even get a chance to turn his lights and siren on. He walked up to my truck and asked me how fast I was going. I figured at this point I was just going to be honest. Hopefully it would smooth things over. I looked at him and said, to be honest, my speedometer stops at 85. But I did know that the RPMs were still climbing. And he goes, yep, I clocked you at 95 and a 65. 
It's going to be 30 over. For those of you who aren't aware, 30 over in the state of Wisconsin, that's a reckless driving ticket. Not something you want. So there I sat. Mind you, I was four miles from the party and ahead of schedule. I would have been there with plenty of time to spare. The officer walked back up to my car, handed me the ticket, explained to me that he was doing me a favor. He had written it for 12 over. He then explained that I would likely be able to get the DA to drop it to 9 over, made sure I wasn't going to be drinking and driving after the party, which I assured him I wasn't going to be. And then he paused, took the ticket back, looked at his watch, and waited a minute. And then he looked up and he said, Happy New Year's Eve, and handed me the ticket at midnight. I made it to the party five minutes late, told all my friends what had happened, and made sure we got very drunk that night. Boy, did we have a good party, but it wasn't cheap either. That was a several hundred dollar ticket. Next was probably the scariest moment of my life. It was New Year's Eve of 2005. For us, it was just another reason to get together and get as drunk as possible. At the time, a friend of mine's parents had a condo on the river in the city. They would let us use it for partying. Well, I assume they let us use it. I'm not sure they always knew exactly what we were up to. But we would have parties there pretty regularly, large group of us. We were also going to a bar pretty frequently at that time that offered a special. $10 cover, every drink was a dollar after that. We had heard they were doing a New Year's Eve special that night. So we got everyone together and we partied at the condo until about 11 p.m. Then we got into a bunch of cabs and we headed over to the bar. As expected, it was a $10 cover. We got in and sure enough, everything was a dollar. This was going to be a great night. We were going to be able to drink ourselves silly. As you can imagine, the bar was pretty packed and it would take a little while to get drinks. So what was around for me at this point? I would order four Miller Lights and four shots every time I went to the bar. Bring them back to the table, slam my four shots, and drink my four Miller Lights. Then head back to the bar for another round. Kept doing that until about 1 or 2 a.m. when the bar closed. We were all solidly drunk at this point. This was obviously pre-smartphone. There was no Uber. There was no calling a cab. I mean, we could have tried to call, but good, lo- good luck on New Year's Eve. Most of us were rocking either Nokia's or Razor's. So there we sat in downtown Milwaukee, waiting for a cab on the curb. About 10 of us. We were obviously very drunk. Not sure what we were going to do while we waited for our rides to get back to the condo. When one of the girls who was with us reached into her huge purse and pulls out a bottle of absolute vodka. She goes, I forgot I grabbed this from the party earlier. We can drink this. There we sat on the corner passing a bottle of absolute vodka back and forth between us. Obviously continuing to get drunk. Ultimately, we got back to the condo around four in the morning, continued to party. Two of my friends were trying to hook up with girls who had come out with us. I, not being with a girl, and frankly being a dick, decided to screw around with them and make it difficult. As a result, when I headed out onto the patio to have a cigarette, because at this time I was still chain smoking, they locked me out. So there I sat, was below zero, in a dress shirt and dress pants, smoking, freezing, with two other friends. It was at that moment I realized I had to take a leak. And I'm not a jerk. I'm not just going to pee on my friend's parents' condo patio. So I had a plan. I was going to climb up on a chair and pee over the railing because they were solid glass railings, so you couldn't pee through them. That was the moment the two other guys I was out on the patio with said, ah, do you think that's really a good idea? Maybe you should get off that chair. I said, nah, it's fine. Granted, I didn't realize it was a rocking chair. It wasn't even a regular chair. So there I stood, drunker than you can even imagine, trying to balance on a chair 
on a second story balcony overlooking a frozen river trying to pee. As the two guys on the patio describe it, all they heard was a thud and they looked over and they saw the rocking chair tipped over laying on the ground and I was nowhere to be seen. When suddenly, splash, and they looked over and there I was, face down in the river. Don't worry, I didn't fall the whole way down. I bounced off the patio below us. I bounced off the river walk. I bounced off the docks that were stacked up next to the river and then ultimately slowed down when I hit the ice head first and blew through the ice. So there I was, floating in a frozen river, unconscious, drunk, on New Year's Eve. Well, I guess technically New Year's Day at this point. What happens next is frankly a miracle. The one friend immediately started to pound on the door to get everyone's attention, and my other friend realized that I wasn't surfacing. So he kicked his shoes off and dove in. Yep, that's right. He ran about halfway down a spiral staircase and decided he couldn't wait any longer and he just bailed off the edge. He dove in and grabbed me. At this point, I started to come to and I realized that me and him were sitting there floating in a frozen river. Obviously, everyone rushed out. They tried to get us out, but you got a 350 pound guy soaking wet in his dress clothes, good luck. The first girl who tried to pull me in ultimately ended up in the river herself. So there we are, five in the morning and three people floating in a frozen river. Ultimately, I got out, he got out, and she got out. I walked into the condo, looked in the mirror, and realized that my face was cut up and my arms were black and blue and covered in blood. We were going to call 911 when one of the guys with us said, wait a minute, we all have high deductible health insurance plans. Is this really a good idea? He was right. So one of the guys who was semi-sober, I'm using that term loosely, offered to drive. So there we are. The two of them stayed back and I was getting driven to the hospital. I walk into the emergency room and I explain to the check-in nurse what had happened, at which point she asked me how drunk I was. I made a smart-ass flippant comment and she told me I needed to sit in a corner and think about my attitude. In retrospect, I realize it's probably because she didn't even believe what had happened. Who falls 30 feet through ice into a river and walks themselves into an emergency room? I guess this guy does. Ultimately, I saw the doctor. He checked me out. Miraculously, no broken bones, just cuts and bruises. They sent me home with a prescription for Vicodin, a lot of bed rest to to recover from the injuries. My sister came and picked me up. Let me tell you, not happy. The next day I got up and I felt terrible. So I started taking the Vicodins. Man, those made things feel so much better. But then something weird happened. Suddenly my stomach didn't feel good. I started throwing up. I had severe diarrhea. Must be the Vicodins. I hadn't eaten anything. I was hungover. So I just went to bed. The next morning... My sister found me passed out on the floor of my bedroom. At the time we were living together since my mom had passed away and we were both sharing the house that we had inherited. She found me there, passed out in my bedroom and decided that I should probably go back to the hospital. So she helped me into the car and we drove to the local emergency room out in the suburbs. I checked into the emergency room and saw the doctor. I explained what had happened and he looked absolutely terrified. At this point, I was running a fever of 104, was severely dehydrated and did not look good. They ran a bunch of tests, ultimately determined that I likely had an E. coli infection from drinking all of the river water. As you can imagine, an urban river, not water you want to be drinking. So he sent me home with a simple diagnosis and a simple cure. Take a lot of Pepto-Bismol and Imodium AD to get through the diarrhea and just fight it out. Well, that didn't work. I kept getting sicker. About two days later, I got a call from the emergency room explaining that they had made a mistake. It wasn't E. coli. Turns out I had Shigellus. The real kicker, Shigellus 
if you've never had it, gets worse if you take Imodium AD. So I had been taking something that was making the symptoms worse. I stopped that immediately. Luckily, it's a bacteria. So they got me a prescription for antibiotics and within two weeks, I felt great. Downside is it's a highly communicable disease that only comes from consuming human feces. As a result, I had to answer questions from the local health department on how I got it and then deal with the fact that I knew I had probably consumed human feces from the river water. But hey, at least I was feeling better. Well, so I thought. A few weeks later, I was out with friends and they kept asking why I would twist my head awkwardly anytime I was talking. I hadn't even noticed I was doing it. It was at that moment I realized it's because I couldn't hear them out of my one ear. So the next day I made an appointment, went and saw an ear, nose, and throat specialist. He looked at my ear and realized I had completely ruptured my eardrum. It was healing, but it was completely ruptured and I had potential for hearing loss. Luckily, went through, got some tests. The hearing loss is minor to non-existent to this day. I fully recovered. But man, when I look back, am I lucky? I should have died. All because we wanted to go to a party that was a $10 cover and dollar drinks. You'd think at this point, I would have learned my lesson about New Year's Eve. You'd think my friends would have learned our lesson about New Year's Eve. But nope, we continue to do stupid stuff. A few years later, a large organization in our city decided that they were going to host an event. This time, it was high class. Suit and tie. $70 cover, but it was all you could drink again. So we were absolutely in. It was going to be the first big ball of the year. We had never been to an event like this. We decided we were all adults and we could do adult things at this point. Besides, we all had good jobs and we could afford the $70 a person to go to this event. People from all over the state drove down. Friends of friends. We had a huge group together. This was going to be a great event. The night of the event happens. We get there. It's great. We get to the event and we realize they're only pouring top shelf. This was going to be great. So we belly up to the bar and we start ordering cocktails. Screw the beers. If they're pouring Grey Goose, it's going to be it's going to be vodka tonics all night long. So there we sat. It was a small event. We were a little surprised. It was supposed to be a much bigger event at a large nightclub. The venue, very small. So we sat there and we drank and we drank and we drank. And man, did we drink. It was weird because we kept seeing people come in, but the room never got crowded. We kept partying. Midnight was rolling around when someone came up to us and asked us if we'd like to go into the event. We said, go into the event? We're at the event. I laughed and said, no, you guys have been drinking in the lobby this whole time. We were so focused on getting drunk, we didn't even realize we didn't make it into the party. At which point we walked through a doorway and the room opened up and there was easily a thousand people in a massive warehouse nightclub partying their asses off. Well, we had been sitting in the lobby drinking. Holy cow, did we miss out. But hey, it was only midnight, so we had plenty of time left to drink. The event had overordered on champagne, so instead of doing a champagne toast, they just handed everyone a champagne bottle. So there we stood on the dance floor celebrating midnight, drinking out of our own champagne bottles. They ordered pizza, subs for midnight. I ate a pizza by myself, drank two bottles of champagne, and kept partying. As the night wore on, friends faded away. It was about four, five in the morning. We were going to take the shuttle bus back to a hotel, get a cab to a friend's apartment where we were staying. So me and a buddy got on the bus. We had no idea if it was the right bus, but we were going to get on it and we rode. At one point, he was so drunk, he threw up all over the floor of this school bus. I had to ride the rest of the trip with my feet up in the air to make sure I didn't stand in his vomit. But hey, we had a great time. 
Ultimately, we ended up where we needed to be. We got a cab back to my friend's apartment and we passed out. The hard part was we had gotten back at about six in the morning and we had to go to a college basketball game at 11 a.m. the next morning. Hell, I had paper tickets that I owed to a friend that I was meeting at the game. He was taking a date. Well, the next morning rolls around and we wake up and realize that we're running late to the game. How late, you ask? Well, we had missed the game. It was about one or two in the afternoon. The game had started at 11. Needless to say, people were not happy with us. But hey, the four of us had a great time the night before and we said, screw it. We cracked some beers. We rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to run a KFC to get food. And we were just going to start this all over again. So there we sat in an apartment at four in the afternoon on New Year's Day, eating two family meals at KFC, drinking beers, talking about the night before. The craziest part of the whole thing is when I went to leave to go home, I put my dress pants back on and realized the bottom of one of the legs was burnt off. Yes. At some point the night before, I had been on fire. None of us remembered when or how, but at some point I had been on fire. But hey, again, we had a great time getting super drunk and eating way too much food and behaving like a bunch of idiots. As you can imagine listening to some of these stories, this wasn't the only time we did this. This was a fairly frequent occurrence. Hell, we didn't need New Year's Eve to party like this. Sometimes we just partied like that because it was a Saturday. Hopefully it's pretty clear to you how I ended up weighing 373 pounds, having terrible health, drinking too much, chain smoking, and eating far too much on a regular basis. I hope you got a little laugh out of some of these stories, and I hope you got a little bit of a life lesson out of some of these stories. At the end of the day, I hope you take away this thought. Have fun, but do it in moderation. Moderation was something that I lacked for many years, and as a result, as I just told you, I nearly died. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to you joining me for future episodes of the Parachute Advice Podcast. You can contact me at parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, parachuteadvicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at parachuteadvice. Thank you for listening, and please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.